Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning. Welcome to the program. Nice to have your company on this Monday, December 19. Well... What happened to that weekend? That was like watching everything on fast forward. Test match over in two days. We've got the World Cup finally over. That seems like it's been going on forever. Congratulations to Argentina. And the lunatics were released from the asylum again at a soccer match here in Australia, down in Melbourne with the victory um, fans going nuts in the game against Melbourne City. A lot of, not so much justification, but reasoning given behind it. Reasoning that is illogical and stupid, which is basically the acts of those that were involved. Um, we seem to forget, and everyone keeps saying how it's the darkest day in Australian soccer. Just Google Pratt and Park riots, 1985, I think it was. Uh, so this is not the first time the fans at a soccer match in this country have gone feral. Um, and uh, it's it's drawing a long bow to even say fans. They're just people that aren't necessarily... Um, what we want in society anyway. But we'll talk about that a little bit later in the program. Uh, the Test match, I was hoping to get up, go home today, another day of watching what promised to be a outstanding game of cricket between two of the best um, teams in the world. And it's over. It's like, what where, what happened? Uh, the pitch was not of Test match standard. And ironically, we're talking to Michael Kasparovic on the show on Friday morning, and I do rate the Gabba pitch the best in the world. It gives something for the bowlers. If you can bat and you can get in, you can score runs. Uh, Very rarely do we see a draw at the Gabba. So it's never really a road. Uh, The only time when India won, it sort of flattened out as the match went on and it was harder uh, to get wickets. But that was a rarity. It's just normally a great cricket wicket. But something went wrong this time. The groundsman has certainly... Uh, taken responsibility. Was it dangerous? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, it wasn't good, but it certainly was. No, no balls were in danger of hitting a batsman in the head or causing any sort of drama. Um, it just made it really difficult to bat. You don't want to see that all the time, the same as you don't want to see roads all the time. But Australia just handled the conditions better than South Africa. That's that's the bottom line. South Africa had their chances to win the Test match. We'll speak with Heels. He's going to join us a little bit later in the program. South Africa had their chances to win that Test match. Um, particularly yesterday morning, uh, Rabada bowled really sluggishly to start the game. And I think we scored about 30 runs in the first 20 minutes. That may well have been, add another 30 or 40 to the total that Australia were chasing. It might have been a completely different ball game. Uh, so they let Travis Head get away and there were some really rash shots, shots played by South Africa. So I think it's fair to say that South Africa had their chances to win the test match and didn't take them. Australia did, and we just bowled in the right areas. At times, South Africa a bit short, playing at deliveries they didn't have to play at. Um, And in the end, a test match is over in two days. Uh, The controversy, of course, is surrounding the quality of the test pitch. This is what Pat Cummins had to say on that pitch. Uh, It was certainly tricky. Um, I don't think the the toss probably had a big factor in the win um, because it happened, everything happened so quickly, but um, oh, yeah, two days probably isn't ideal. Um, obviously, a lot of sideways movement today, a little bit of up and down um, bounce as well. So, um, I mean, personally, I kind of don't mind if the groundsman, you know, err on the 
greener side occasionally. Um, played a lot of test matches where they've erred on the flatter side. So I think it was the same for both teams. I mean, there's some reasonable comments there from Pat. Yes, it was the same for both teams. I think you'd rather see a, a groundsman err on that side, not as much as, as it was in this particular test match, but what's the difference, the difference between seeing a test match over in two days uh, as opposed to a tame draw that goes five days? I reckon you'd rather watch a match that gets a result like that and see someone bat for 700 and someone bat for 600 and both teams, you know, just waffling to the end of five days on a barren, lifeless pitch. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the toss had nothing to do with it. Uh, I agree with Pat there. Um, I think, you know, if you're going to analyse the match, Australia just played better than South Africa. You may have thought 13-13-55 is the Brighton Homes open line, or you can send us a text 0467-736-736. Your thoughts on the Gabba pitch. Did you go to the game? What was it like? The atmosphere, I, I mean... You take into account that we nearly had 30,000 there. Second, I mean, last year there was only 1,000 more for the Ashes. We've been speaking for a couple of weeks on the show about is cricket dying? What's the support like for the Australian side? Well, Brisbane people showed on the weekend with, you know, really good crowds uh, to watch that test match. We want to see the best teams go head-to-head, and that's what we had. But sadly, it was for only two days. 13, 13, 55, the number, or 0467 736 736 if you'd like to send a text. Well, that was Pat Cummins' thought on the pitch. Dean Elgar had his thoughts on the pitch. Let's not waste any time. Um, you've got to ask yourself the question, is that a good advertisement for our format? Um, 34 wickets in two days. Uh, pretty one-sided affair, I would say. So I think that kind of leads into... What everyone's thinking, actually. Um, yeah, I'm obviously a purist of this format, and we want to see the game go to four or five days. And yeah, just the way the nature of it had started to play with some seriously steep bounce with the old ball. I mean, you're kind of hiding to none as a batting unit. Um, I mean, if you if you think about it, only two batsmen, maybe three batsmen only like applied themselves half decently and scored runs so yeah it's, uh, I don't think it was a very good um, test wicket no a damning comment there only two or three batsmen applied themselves half decently and you're complaining about the pitch I think you do have a right to say well the pitch wasn't up to scratch but then on the other hand Dean was saying that you know only two or three batsmen applied themselves half decently therein may lie some of the problem that the batting wasn't up to scratch uh, that you need to leave more than play on the Gabba. I don't think there's any question that uh, the pitch wasn't up to test match standard. And you could argue at times neither was the batting. And at times sometimes the bowling was a bit wayward as well. And that may be where South Africa let themselves down. They didn't bowl as well as they could have or should have to maybe win the test. 13 13 55 is that telephone number. Zero four six seven seven three six seven three six. So that's the two captains' thoughts on the pitch. They were both both asked whether it was unsafe. Dean Alga uh, had the first press conference yesterday, and here's his comments on the safety of the pitch. I did ask the umpires when um, it was a KG got head out down leg. I mean, I said like, how long does it go on for until it potentially is unsafe? And then Nokia was bowling those short ones that were flying over our heads. So. I, I, I know the game was dead and buried. It was uh, it was never to try and change or put a halt to the game, no doubt. But 
I don't know. That's obviously where the umpire's discretion comes into play, not us as players. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to answer, really. Um, so yeah. Well, I don't know that it's that tough. I I don't know what your thoughts are, but watching as I was watching the match, I never felt the pitch was dangerous. I thought it was hard to play uh, on if you were trying to bat, but I never really thought that it was dangerous. And I I don't. Well, I believe that the South Africans at the end there, knowing they only had 30-odd to defend, um, uh, Nokia, for mine, well, he was bowling short deliberately to try and send a message that this pitch is ridiculous. Bowling that short, the ball, he knew it was going to go over the keeper's head. But having said that, I never thought it was unsafe. I thought it was a bit ordinary, uh, the pitch, as the match went on. Uh, but never, I never thought it was unsafe. And to suggest just because Travis Head got a glove to it down leg side, maybe about chest high, uh, which we often see at the Gabba. I mean, that, that is not an irregular dismissal at the Gabba to see someone being caught by the keeper down leg side. I mean, Dean Elgar got dismissed that way in the first innings uh, as well. But that doesn't mean a pitch is unsafe just because someone fends away a ball off their chest down the leg side at the Gabba or the Wacker, wherever it may be. Um, I didn't think it was unsafe. And Pat Cummins also didn't think it was unsafe. Oh, you're going to lose a match. You'd probably try anything, wouldn't you? So... Um... No, it was fine. There was, you know, sideways movement. There was a little bit of up and down bounce, but um, no, it was fine. There was, you know, no balls jumping off a length or anything like that. I don't know about uh, fine. Uh, yes, there were no balls jumping off a length uh, to make it dangerous for the batsman, but uh, sadly, um, you know, the first of three tests has gone in two days. Uh, it'll be hard now for South Africa to come back. They play at the MCG, which is certainly livier, livelier now than it was. Um, you know, five years or so ago. I just hope we get to see, you know, um, a good five days of cricket and no rain in Melbourne. <laughs> but uh, time will tell us what the weather will be like on Boxing Day. But you might have a thought. 13 13 55 is that telephone number, or you can send us a text 0467736736. It does take away, too, this discussion, the fact that Mitchell Stark joined Elite Company. He becomes, I think, just the seventh Australian to take more than 300 test wickets. And that seems to be... Uh, lost in the wash after this test match over in two days. I hope that Pat Cummins gave him the ball. Pat Cummins picked up Pfeiffer and then had the ball as he was leaving the field. And as they tradition now that was started by Glenn McGrath, they, you know, wave the ball to the crowd as a batsman does when he scores a century with his bat. Well, I hope that Pat realises that a 300th test wicket ball for Mitchell Stark may be a little bit more uh, of a keepsake than him just taking Pfeiffer on a green top at the Gabba in a test that was over two days and that he may have given it back to Mitchell Stark. Here's what Mitchell Stark had to say, uh, what it meant to him uh, on reaching that 300 milestone. It means they've got 300 wickets. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's uh, something to be proud of, um, something I'll reflect on later, I guess, but um, just really pleased to, to have a good test match win and it's very very strange to have a test match win in two days but um, I guess it gives us a chance to, to enjoy that together and and uh, just enjoy each other's success so yeah I'm definitely proud of it but something to reflect on later. Yeah Mitchell Stark there I'm not a big fan of his first comment you know it was a serious question to try and get an answer to suggest well Moons have taken 300 test wickets well hopefully he regrets that was the start of his answer but well done to join Elite Company 
Mitchell Stark and the symmetry. First test at the Gabba, 300th test at the Gabba as well. Uh, so much to get through this morning. Uh, in the best of Pat Neils, we'll be hearing uh, from Matty Rogers a little bit later. Uh, Jesse Williams, we'll hear from him. Darius Boyd, a whole range of guests that uh, were on with Pat and Heels throughout the year. Uh, but if you've just woken up and you've missed the World Cup this morning, Argentina have won the World Cup. First time since 1989, I think it was. And it went to penalty shootout. It was three all at full time after the extra time. Uh, sorry, it was three all at full time of extra time. Uh, and then they went to a penalty shootout. Here is the final moments of the World Cup for 2022. Now one kick away from a World Cup. This is it. Gonzalo Montiel, the man who gave away the handball that drew France level at three all at the end of extra time. Gonzalo Montiel for Argentina. The world waits. Montiel steps up and he's put it in the back of the nets. And it's Argentina. Montiel has scored and Argentina have won the World Cup. A destiny has been fulfilled. The journey is complete. Argentina are World Cup champions. They've won on penalties 4-2. 36 years since their last. And now their national badge can be decorated with the third star. And it's a glorious end to the odyssey of their little number 10. The spirit of Diego Maradona feels presence as his heir to the throne, Lionel Messi, gets his crowning moments. Yeah, so Argentina win the World Cup uh, to put a full stop on, in the end, what has been uh, an intriguing World Cup, Cup in Qatar. A lot had been said and written and Spoken about in the lead-up to this World Cup with the fact that uh, the World Cup was in Qatar, but uh, I reckon they got through in the end okay. You give them a pass mark on on everything. Um, although there were some incidents throughout the uh, course of the World Cup at the end of the day, it'll be remembered for that uh, final, the penalty shootout, and Lionel Messi finally becoming a world champion and Argentina winning their third. It's 17 and a half past six.